inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, Radio Western listeners, and uh, Brian, good morning. This is Outlook on a Monday morning. Welcome to October. Yes, uh, good morning, Carrie, and uh, first show of October. Great to be back. We're live in studio this week. Last week was another pre-record that we did. Thanks again to Kim Owens from Navigating Blindness for joining us on the show. Go to navigatingblindness.com. To check out Kim Owen's blog and learn more. Really great discussion last week, and that was a lot of fun. But yes, welcome on into Outlook this week. You can find us as a podcast. Just search for Outlook on Radio Western on all podcast services. And you may be listening on the radio dial at 94.9 right now, or you can also tune in online, radiowestern.ca. There's a play button right at the top of the, the page there to, to stream around the world. So thanks everyone for tuning in today. Yes, and October is Blindness Awareness Month. But as we, or I say, it's always Blindness Awareness Month around here. I was listening to a commercial yesterday when uh, you were at my house for the day and we had the ball game on and a commercial came on and it was for a podcast and they're call, they called their podcast Beyond Black History Month because, you know, it's not just one month that people who of, of color deal with that sort of thing and we all need to remember that sort of thing so it's the same thing with blindness this show uh, we've been doing for four years now and it's uh hey, it's always blindness awareness month but that's kind of what we do on this show yeah and that's like all of these months and days and, and whatever it may be i think it's so great that we have them it just has a set time of the year to really bring awareness but we should always be talking about it and it's it's the same as this past friday here in canada on september the 30th was the national day of truth and reconciliation and it's the same there right like we have this this day now which is great, but at the same point, like we need to be talking about this stuff all of the time because it's important stuff to uh, to keep into our conscious and awareness and always be learning and educating and and all of this that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm going to start the show today with uh, before we introduce our two guests for the day. I just wanted to bring attention to a cliche phrase that I thought of when I was thinking of our guests today and what they what they're up to and what they're trying to do out there on the west coast. Uh, but for Canada, all across Canada. And uh, you know the expression, most people I'm sure have heard of it, the blind leading the blind. I, I, re- I recently came across it in a book, a novel I was reading, and it's it's overused and, and sighted people may hear that and think that would be ridiculous. You know, if you can't see, why would anyone else who can't see lead? It makes no sense. But if you are blind or if you listen to this show, you might realize that that's actually the best people to lead each other through things. And uh, so that's why I thought it's sort of fitting today for for the topic. Yeah, no, I love that you bring that one up because it's one of those cliches. It's just like, you know, a lot of cliches can be, can get annoying depending on how much they're used. But that one just seems to be the one that's, it's out there so commonly said, but it's like, it's almost like a joke or maybe people feel kind of clever saying it. But mm. the reality of it is, is that, yeah, that's, that is the best way to learn. And, and, you know, it's, it's like any group of, of, of people out there that have something in common. Obviously we're, we're all very unique in our own ways and we still have different um, qualities, but it's just a characteristic that that's part of who we are. So same point it does help to bond and and learn from each other and that just in my opinion makes perfect sense so i think it's definitely good to keep keep talking about that and uh bringing up sort of the the flaw in that 
common cliche. There's a flaw for sure. So our guests today are, like I said, from the West Coast again, and they are, I believe, on the island, Bowen Island, which I wasn't familiar with until the last five or so years, uh, but we'll talk to them about that uh, coming up today on the show. Yeah, so on this week's edition of Outlook, we have Alex Jurgensen and Jessica Gladys joining us from the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deafblind. Welcome to Outlook today. Thank you so much for having us, Brian and Carrie. Yes, great Thank to have you. you have you on. So we've had actually Jessica. You've been on once before. For we had uh, what was it, Carrie? National Siblings Day back in April. Correct. Yeah, of, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually had a whole month in that was 2021. Yeah, 2020 mm, was no. Was it 2020? Like it, anyway, it was in the. Heart. I know it was 2021, Carrie. Oh, was it? Yeah, I know the last wow. few years were all a little. Time is sort of. Uh, mixed around but in in 2020 in may we were doing a gene little episode and uh mm. that's when we started doing our show as an hour but anyhow right. in 2021 we did a whole month of blind siblings on each week which was a lot of fun and uh, interesting sort of concept and you know carrie and i here are blind siblings and then uh, jessica who we have on today uh her sister jocelyn is is also blind and they've been on the show for blind siblings uh, month there that we celebrated so great to have jessica back and then this is alex's first time on Outlook, though we've been meaning to have you on for quite a while, Alex, so it's great that uh, you could join us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. So we want to kind of start uh, about the subject, but we wanted to hear a little bit about both of you. Uh, and for, So I don't know, Alex, do you want to start? Do you want to tell our listeners just a bit about you, a bit of background before we talk about what you, what you guys are doing out there? Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Alex Jurgensen. I am the uh, Director of Operations and Community Engagement with the Camp Bowen Division of the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deaf Blood. Quite a mouthful, I know. Um, outside of uh, work, I enjoy uh, reading, writing, music, and uh, just generally having fun. So uh, that's a little bit about me. I also have a Labrador named Zandra. And uh, as Brian alluded to earlier, we live on uh, Bowen Island, a small island community about 20 minutes off the coast of West Vancouver, uh, which is pretty close to Vancouver here in British Columbia. Yeah, and we, li- we like to talk about the weather when we start the show each, each week. And what's it like? What's the weather? What's, what's it like these uh, today on Bowen Island? Today, uh, our day is about three hours earlier here on the right. West Coast, right. um, but uh, so it's a little bit overcast at the moment, but uh, over the weekend, we had some beautiful weather, so probably going to be another beautiful day. Yeah, here too. Yeah, we had some actually, it was close to being some frost last night. I'm not sure if we quite hit, but it was almost two degrees or close to zero last night here in Ontario, so winter and, and fall and fall started, so it's uh, definitely cooling off, but uh, really neat. We definitely- oh, Wow. I know, right? It's. I'm sure it's not quite that cold there. Hopefully, but. Well, once we get it, it'll be rain, though. Rain, rain, and more rain. If anyone's familiar with Vancouver weather, it's the same on Bowen they, Island. They don't call it the wet coast for nothing. <laughs> the wet coast, yeah, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that, but I like it. Yeah, just taking out the S from from west and uh, <laughs> the wet west coast. There you go. So, Jessica, like we said, you were on our show, Brian says, I guess it was just a year and a half ago or so. Uh, so, for anybody who hadn't heard that episode, though, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going and talking about uh, the organization? 
Certainly. So my name is Jessica Gladys. I'm the Director of Programs and Student Affairs for the Pacific Training Center Division of the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deafblind. I also have been involved with the Camp Bowen Division in various roles, um, so I'm still very much kind of involved in that as well. Um, and yeah, outside of work, I'm passionate about music. I write songs and I like listening to music too. I love languages as well. So I'm trying to learn Spanish. Mm. Oh, um, cool. And I have a twin sister who also, you know, loves a lot of those things, loves music and um, works for us too. So I'm really fortunate. Um, yeah. yeah. And you- I live on Bowen Island as well. It's quite the quite the crew out there working on so much stuff and and uh, it's it's so great everything that you're you're doing out there which we'll we'll definitely get into today um, and just so our listeners uh, are are aware and of course this is like I, like I said earlier it's just a characteristic of part of who we are but you're both blind as well and I, th- I believe you were both born blind is that right you Jessica and Alex that's that's correct for me and uh, for for myself. Uh I uh, was born and then had rapid uh, vision loss from birth uh, onwards. So uh, it uh, that was a declining vision situation, but uh, effectively, you know, blind from the age of six onwards. So yeah, because we talk about that all the time. That it depends on where you are in on the spectrum of blindness as to how familiar you are you are with living with as as a blind person and and, and the skills you've built up. Because none of us know how to get around with a white cane or a guide dog or you know read braille or not use technology that we use talking equipment screen readers uh you know it doesn't just come so naturally we we have to learn these skills like anybody learns anything you know like you learn spanish or anything else and uh so depending on how long you've been blind or whatever uh you know stage you're at with that it can affect what you think of blindness and on the show we always talk about you know just what blindness means to different people and how it's it's a part of who we are and it's a part of life and you adapt like humans do yeah so what, what do you what, absolutely what do you think about that i'm sure you've heard that cliche quite a bit the blind leading the blind i i, I think as carrie mentioned earlier it definitely can be uh, overused in a context where a lot of people are using it more as a a disparaging phrase, but I think, you know, kind of take, take, I've uh, heard it often said, you know, kind of taking that phrase back and redefining it as blind people leading blind people and uh, really blind people helping each other and empowering each other. And I think that that can uh, really be a powerful um, thing there. I think that the blind leading the blind is like the best idea ever. <laughs> well said. Yes. Maybe not very eloquent, but. You know, no, I love it. This I, is, well, I don't. It go shouldn't on. be any other way. Yeah, like you know, of course. Why would somebody? You know, we're we're we live it every day. We're experienced, and you know, again, we're all at different levels. But that's just because of access we've had to learning skills and all of the stuff that we'll get into today. But at the same time, you know, we all have something to share with each other and we can learn from each other like like any group that has something in common. It's always good to network and and build those connections, and that's what we're all trying to do here across Canada and such a big country so spread out it can be a tricky thing but everything you're doing out there is so so incredible and it's just so it's such great energy that goes into it all and we'll we'll definitely get into all of that today 
Yeah, but as you know, as writers, yeah. as musicians, the word "blind" and different phrases—you、uh, know—using that word and things like "blind leading the blind," it's 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 everywhere in song lyrics and in in you know in books and、uh, so yeah, it's important that actual blind people take those phrases back. I think. Absolutely. So、I、totally agree. I think we should then maybe maybe start a little bit from from the past and talk a little bit about. Bowen Island in general, and how long you've you've been aware of Bowen Island, and I know for both of you, this all kind of started, I think, from from a, a younger age through camp, and how important camp was to you. And as we've just wrapped up the summer, a lot of camps are kind of coming to an end. But maybe just talk a little bit about that growing up, and and how how you heard about Bowen Island, and what you've known about living kind of out that, in that area, and、uh, and then how camp sort of tied into that for for both of you growing up. All right,、um, I can take the lead on this. Yeah,、one. maybe start off with、um, Alex and then Jessica chime in. So,、uh, a bit about Bowen Island more in general.、Um, Bowen Island has been the home of programming for the blind for over a hundred years. The exact date is unknown, somewhere between 1902 and 1922,、uh, starting with the Union Steamship Company picnics for the blind. Later, the fishing camp for the blind through the Eagles、uh, fraternal, fraternal Order of the Eagles. Sorry. Um, and then later through the、uh, CNIB, and、uh, finally through through us.、Um, so there's been a continuum of, of programming for the blind kind of throughout that whole period.、Um, for for myself, I, I first、uh, came to Bowen as a child、um, at the age of six, and、uh, and I, as I said yesterday to, to someone here on Bowen.、Uh, I really never left because my heart really never never left. It was the first time that I was、uh, amongst other blind、uh, children, and blindness really didn't have to be a barrier. And、uh, in my in my career, have definitely focused on on keeping those programs going and and making sure that、uh, more kids can benefit through that.、Uh, amongst the other things, as you alluded to, Brian earlier, that uh, that we do, but、uh, it it really was one of those. Kind of game changers for me、um, because I was so isolated before that and、uh, alone as as a blind kid, just being the only one in my area. Well,、yeah. so I、uh, I'll leave it at that, and I'll turn it over to Jessica because I'm sure she has definitely more she can add. Yeah. So、um, my sister Jocelyn and I lived up in northern BC in not a tiny town, but、uh, it wasn't a very big town either, and it was far away from. The cities, and、um, so we there weren't a lot of other blind kids around. There were a couple who were younger than us,、um, but there weren't a lot of blind kids. So for us, camp、um, we went we went there as teenagers, not quite as young as when Alex went, but we went there as teenagers, and it kind of it left a really profound impact because it was so different from high school because. Blindness wasn't a barrier that stood in between us and other people. Here, you know, it was normal to be blind, so that wasn't a a, a barrier when it came to fitting in.、Um, as it was, you know, in high school,、um, you know, so it made a huge impact on us. We came home singing the Camp Bowen song and teaching it to our cousins and.、Um, Talking about camp all the time because it was such a light, like kind of a 
a mind-blowing experience in so many ways. Um, and, and so that was the first time I heard of Bowen Island. Um, I didn't know much about the community outside of camp until later, just because I, I, I hadn't been around. I, did, I only went for a couple of years as a teenager. But Bowen is also just a really welcoming community towards blind people. Blind people have been here so long. They're part of the history. We are a part of the history here. Um, as, like blind people. Um, part of the culture. Too. Part of the culture. So, um, of course, there's always people who don't know about it. People who are new. People, you know, who are still still learning about it. Um, but it's a very welcoming community towards blind people, and people are willing to learn. And blindness is just normal here in a community context as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we it's, went uh, we, kids here. Or kids here are uh, raised to it and uh, they you know see it on a regular basis so it's not it's not an unusual experience for them so that leads to a lot more kind of uh, dignity and acceptance in that as well yeah the the island vibe i'm sure is is great for that and it's a nice size and a place you can learn your way around and and you know be in a certain area but then you can learn skills like you say that you guys are doing there and have been doing and it, yeah, it's quite the long history there, uh, but camps are a big thing for a lot of children and blind children. We had our camp experiences here, but the island uh, element sounds nice. How about the two of you? Uh, where did you first meet? That like was it on at camp or? Yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Good guess, Karen. Yeah, yeah, I assume so. But you never know out there. You know, we we just met a lot of people out on the West Coast in the last five years. And uh, so, you know, like Brian said, Canada is so spread out that you never know of course. where people meet yeah. in the area. And like you say, BC is so spread out as well. And so I guess that's a central place where a lot of people out there met each other. And uh, that's that's really great. But it must also be a really nice change because before you'd lived uh, in Vancouver area, right? So it was, I, I know like in a big city, like I've lived in Toronto. And so I think probably compared to that now moving to the island within, uh, I don't know when you moved there fairly recently, I believe. It's probably been quite the change, but I'm sure I'm guessing that you both really kind of appreciate that over a big city life. But at the same point, I guess you're you're still close enough to, to the Vancouver and stuff where you can go there for if you do need to practice some orientation or other skills there oh absolutely absolutely it uh, as as the crow flies if one wants to take a boat right from bowen island you can get down to downtown vancouver fairly quickly uh, um it's it definitely isn't too far away and that's one of the great things about it is it's uh quiet and peaceful here but uh got all the perks of a big city right next door Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I say, in the last five years, we just made it out to BC there, and we've been, you know, to Vancouver Island, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to check out Bowen Island on a future visit. To yeah, we were talking before, it would be really neat, maybe maybe in a couple of years or sometime in the future, to, to come up to Bowen Island and check it out and do like a live on location outlook and do some recording there and uh, and just get a feel for the vibes and everything and do another special show in a few years, just to get, get the real feeling of the, of the island, and I think that would be a lot of fun, so... Oh, that that would be super super cool. I'd almost have to interview you guys about your your take on it too. Oh, we can inter just, interview each the other. Vibe here is so different from most places I've been. Right, and that's why I'd be really interested to to check it out someday because it sounds it does sound very nice and peaceful and great great spot. So, so after you, all this history that the blind that blind people have had on the island, now 
it's the organization that you guys are are, are creating there, the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deafblind. Uh, I don't know where you want to start with that, Alex or Jessica. Um, but how did it become that? Because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that. This is fairly new. Yeah, because I believe back in it was 2014, I think, where the Blind People in Charge program started up. Um, through the Pacific Training Center for the Blind, which is another organization. And again, it's just like there's so many different acronyms. And, and uh, <laughs> like you said earlier, it's a bit of a mouthful, some of this stuff. But yeah, it's, it's I'm still trying to kind of sort it all out. But obviously everyone can go to cobd.ca. That's for Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deafblind to, to learn more. But yeah, if you could just kind of give us a bit of history, maybe again, start with Alex on how this all sort of came together at the time. I know it's sort of the birth of this kind of began as a CFB convention, a Canadian Federation of the Blind convention that actually happened on Bowen Island back in 2014. And that, uh, that, um, yeah, definitely leads on to a very interesting point. So it, uh, so in 2010, the Camp Bowen Working Group was uh, formed. It uh, made up of alumni of Camp Bowen that uh, were interested in seeing the program continue, um, and uh, through through some challenging times for the program. And uh, there was uh, four or five of us that stepped up to the plate and said, "You know, we this has got to continue." Uh, supported by a much larger group, but uh, four four or five of us that. Uh, ended up forming the organization um eventually it's, it's it's gone through a few names so you know camp camp Bowen society for the visually impaired spent a stint as a chapter of the canadian council of the blind and uh later the canadian camp Bowen society for the independence of the blind deaf blind uh, while this was all going on um so that's that started in 2010 uh starting in 2011 um, the Pacific Training Center of the, for the Blind was formed in Victoria, um, and uh, I, I, Elizabeth Lalonde was was uh, on that team that founded that. And um, it, it's uh, whereas our our angle at the Camp Bowen Working Group came from uh, seeing the summer camp continue. The Pacific Training Center's uh, mission was to. Uh, really see independent skill, living skills taught to blind Canadians and um, in a so way that had never been in a way that had never been done in Canada yeah and so it uh, so fast forward a few years and I'll, I'll skip through kind of some of the transitions that went yeah, went on to 2014 and the blind people in charge program uh, launched in January of that year at Pacific Training Center, uh, but it was one of the big first big announcements to the blind community was here here at Bowen at the Canadian Federation of the Blinds uh, breaking the mold convention, um, which Camp Bowen actually uh, hosted. So it uh, you start seeing the threads tangling. I think even as far back as there, um, and then we fast forward again to uh, around. Uh, 2019, so so big bigger jump and uh, Camp Bowen underway um, here on Bowen and Pacific Training Center underway in, in Victoria, and uh, so we we had to have a pretty committed team here from Camp Bowen and one one from Victoria, and uh, the conversations have been building over the past few years. So like uh, in Victoria, we had uh, folks like uh, Aaron Lacharity, TJ Evans, Guy Mandel. 
uh, Elizabeth Lalonde, a lot of names associated with uh, Pacific Training Center for the Blind, and um, some that are maybe not not quite so associated, but still really important folks: Susan Gallagher, uh, Gina Highlandbrook. Um, then we have the folks here here in Bowen. Um, you know, Jocelyn Gladys, Jessica Gladys, Peg Mercer, Aiden Stadden, Aiden Stadden uh, myself, and. Uh, you know, it just really started like. And if we really, forget anyone, it, yeah, it's a lot of names. Right. I was going to say it's like the Oscars um, when you give an Oscar speech. Oh no, I left out my wife. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned yeah, my totally. manager and I, left out my uh, wife. And I, I, I think we got everyone, but uh, if yeah. we did, yeah, you know, a big huge apologies there. Right. Um, so it's you know two two really dedicated teams that around that time started coming together. Um, we've added a few more since then, but, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, started coming together and discussions started happening around that time as to whether, what kind of collaboration could we do between, between the two. And, uh, both these organizations have had many other kind of smaller, uh, initiatives outside of the core programming. So, um, finally, you know, around 2020, 2021, it really kind of kicked into a merger gear, um, and uh, it really started coming together um, as the Canadian Organization of the Blind Deafblind. We still maintain our own divisions within that. Um, so we have our, our Stilbert uh, teams working as they always have. But so there is uh, a lot, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, cross, of collaboration. Yeah, there's a lot of cross-pollination between the teams. And uh, we, we borrow Pacific Camp, we borrow Pacific Training Center staff in the summer, and the Pacific Training Center borrows some of our camp staff during the non-camp months. So it it really you know kind of works very symbiotically at that uh, in that way. But uh, in a nutshell, I'd say that's what really brought the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deafblind uh, started. What what got it started? It uh, it's built in such a way that it can continue to expand, and, and we hope to see a lot of. Uh, it, it, it take off across Canada, but we're starting with these core programs that are open to all Canadians, the summer camps, the uh, blind people in charge program, which is still going now. And it's uh, current, currently underway with massive change. And we can talk a bit more, I suspect late, later on about this, For sure. but uh, it, um, there's, there's also, uh, I think at last count, we have 21 different, programs that we uh, have between virtual and in-person programming so it which includes uh, each camp it does each if, camp if you include each camp separately yeah and uh, that's because each camp has a different age group and kind of focus area so those those are listed as, as separate but i think altogether uh there's 21 programs so it uh, it's something that we hope to continue to see grow and and really bring more people together um, because the blind community has been so, so fragmented for so many years and I think we really need to work on uh, bringing people together and, and really kind of building what blind people need here in Canada. Um, the other thing that I think is is definitely important to, um, to bring to mind when it comes to um, the Canadian Organization of Blind and Deafblind is that uh, we really are there's a group of like-minded individuals held together by a common dream. Um, and I'm going to touch back on something that you said earlier about the history of Bowen Island. And uh, of course, no, no uh, conversation about Bowen, about Bowen Island is 
complete without the lodge here on Bowen Island. And uh, that is a facility that was custom built for uh, originally for CNIB in 1961 and, and opened in 63, uh, meant for summer camps in the summer and independent living skills training in the winter uh, months that were the non, you know, the non-camp months. So it, uh, it, uh, is something that, that kind of very much meets what our program objectives are and, and CNIB is no longer in the picture here on Bowen having withdrawn their support in 2010 um, and sold the building and sold the building um, which is what, what really sparked the uh, you know the Camp Bowen working group to get get going and now uh, we're seeing really seeing the the use of the building for training as well uh, now as we're currently putting it to that use and, We're currently uh, renting it. Yes, thank you, Jessica, for that one. Uh, and really hoping to stay here as long as we can and continue to do this this work. But it's uh, it's really proving its worth uh, as a both as a venue and its location uh, close to most of Bowen's amenities here as well. Yeah, because I think this, yeah, I know when we were at the, the Canadian Federation of the Blind Conventions, we were at a couple in the past five years, and you had talked a bunch a bunch about the, the CNIB, how they had this in the past, but then they had sort of withdrawn interest in this, and that you were, I think you were worried about this being sold or losing this this opportunity, and I know you've you've been working really hard the past few years to make sure that that didn't happen, and that you could keep this 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 lodge and, and Bowen Island available for blind people, and that it was a whole thing that, I don't know if we'll get into too much more about that today, but I just... I remember how, you know, frustrating it sounded at the time that you were like, you know, we don't want this to go away. This is such a great opportunity. And I think the work that you've done out there to keep it alive and hopefully, you know, we definitely hope for many more years to come because it definitely sounds like a very important facility to have out there. And, and, uh, oh, absolutely. And it's, it's just a struggle every day to just kind of stay as I described to somebody the other day, it's like hanging on to the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you could just fall off, when you're hanging on by tough to grass, but it it uh, so you know battle will continue to fight, and uh, you know continue to make sure that that remains an asset to the blind community. It's I won't get too too much into detail about it today. I think that's a whole episode almost right. all by itself. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are interested, but uh, <laughs> definitely could go far far into depth on that. But uh, it is protected by uh, zoning. And it is protected by a restrictive covenant. So with those protections in place, we'll continue to fight to make sure they stay and that we can stay because it, uh, as I said, it's, it's really something special. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. And we definitely admire your, your work out there. And, and I, I know that you won't, you, you'll put up a fight. You're not, you're not just gonna, you know, give it away or let this, this, let this fall, fall, fall apart. No, so. I, our team is far too committed to being here to, to, uh, allow that to happen. Right. So for anyone who's been listening or who maybe has just tuned in, we're speaking today with Alex and Jessica, both from the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deaf Blind. They are calling in today from Bowen Island, BC. And we're actually going to take a quick break here on Outlook and we'll be right back with more here on today's program. Outlook. Radio Western. Welcome back. You're listening to Outlook today on a Monday morning or as a podcast after the fact. And we are on 94.9 CHRW Radio Western. And we today are talking with Alex and Jessica of the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deaf Blind. And that is the organization, um, you know, 
helping each other, as you say, to build a positive future for ourselves. Because, you know, a lot of times for years in Canada, the CNIB, which most, most people have probably heard of, has sort of taken charge and, and sort of looked after us, I guess, in a way. And that's how people have started to see it. And it's time that we sort of take charge for ourselves because we know mostly what, you know, what we need. And so that's what you guys are building out there on Bowen Island off the coast of um, B.C., and uh, so we were talking before the break about the history of the island and and blind people on that island and what it's like there. And hopefully we'll get get over there to check it out in the next couple of years. Um, but it, it, as we were saying right before the break, it takes a lot of work by a lot of people. And so it takes, you know, it's it's a lot of work and it, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen by just one person. Uh, so thanks again, uh, Alex and Jessica, for joining us today on Outlook. No, no problem. Thank you for having us. So we want to talk now in the second half a bit about some of the things you're doing and the programs you have there. And um, things have obviously, everything's changed and affected by the pandemic, but this all started before that for sure. And um, so maybe things have changed in a way they might not have. Pandemic changes certain things, but uh, you had a plan and, and it takes a lot of work to execute these things. And uh, But we want to talk about the things you do offer because people might not be aware that these things are offered. And as you say, it's it's an organization across the country, not just for people on the West Coast. And uh, there's a lot of things you're offering there that can help independent you know, living skills and training and, and the skills that we all need to be um, successful in, in our lives. Yeah, so maybe start maybe by talking about the the recent one, which I believe is the outreach program, um, Blind People in Charge for students. And I know um, that you have some new students that had just started there, I think, because it's a new year. And now that things are opening up again a bit more, um, it's great to see that you are able to kind of start doing that in person again. Because I know, like everyone, you had had to pivot during the pandemic and there were quite a few virtual things going on, which I think maybe there still are. But yeah, if you could just kind of start talking a little bit about the programs. And I know you'd mentioned before, I think there's 21 different programs, so it's a lot to cover. But I think just to give our listeners a bit of an idea of what what sort of skills and what sort of things that you do you do work on in, in these programs and, and how this is all based off of a lot of it's based off of the training centers that we've we talked about a little bit on the show before in the U.S. through the National Federation of the Blind, or at least affiliated with them. But yet, you know, it's Canadian here and it's a little bit different. So I know you want to try to make it, you know, slightly different and sort of take take things that you like about that and, and make it your own. So, yeah, any, any sort of thoughts on the programs and giving, giving our listeners an idea of, of uh, some of the services you offer? Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll quickly take a rundown here of a couple of the, the smaller ones that we we offer um and i'm going to turn over to jessica to talk about blind people in charge um so we we do have a technology loan bank where people can borrow equipment uh, as well as we do have virtual um, gatherings one that's open to all blind and deafblind canadians and one that's open to blind and deafblind seniors and that those are really opportunities to connect and, and discuss what it means to be blind and support each other in that um, so those those are two that are, um, or sorry, three three different programs. Um, we also in emergency situations do kick in, and, and that was true with COVID as well, to uh, try to provide as many supports as we can to blind and deafblind Canadians. Uh, and then we also have our Blind Hub resource, which is uh, a platform that we, we, we started the platform, but uh, we definitely want others to join. Um, it, it's a really open platform where people can post resources relating to blindness and uh, 
and others can come and find those resources. So it's uh, instead of, we started seeing a gap where people had a lot of different resource pages on uh, each organization's website. And it was like, it's so hard to keep up on top of those and make sure contact info is correct to these things. And we thought, why don't we try to centralize that? So that's a little bit about what Blind Hub is. Um, it's it's kind of in beta right now, but we're hoping to have a phone line as well and not just a website. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, so those, those are just kind of some of the things that we do outside of that. And for our listeners, um, just to access these these programs, they can all be found from the COBD yes. website, cobd.ca? That's, that's correct. So cobd.ca slash programs um, will give you a complete list of all the active programs, and we're always adding to that. Um, and we'll continue to add add to that as time goes on. And there's a contact um, option, obviously, on the website. If anyone has any ideas yes. of programs or things they'd like to see, they can obviously always reach out, I'm sure, and uh, give suggestions. Oh, and Oh, absolutely. If somebody wants to, uh, especially if somebody wants to take uh, take a hand in starting those, we're always always ears and always looking to kind of build that across across Canada. Um, the summer camps, uh, we have we have a few of those coming up next next summer. We have about four. One for uh, that's just general adult retreat where adults can come and uh, hang out. We have a bunch of optional activities, um, everything from uh, horseback riding to swimming to boating, self defense, self defense, campfires, lots of stuff. Yeah. Movie night if everyone can agree on a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was always an interesting one to get everybody to agree. <laughs> but, uh, board games, you know, or just hanging out with each other and uh, or visiting walking the, down to the ocean exactly so uh, that's my favorite uh, one it's yeah. quite late <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I wondered about that one Carrie um, it uh, is definitely one of those things where it's kind of pretty, pretty laid back um, and then we have our adult music camp program next summer um, our braille next, literacy next summer we're running the adult music one alongside regular adult so but just with some music, music active focus on music activities, and then we have uh, our Braille Literacy Camp, which is children eight to twelve, and then the Linda Evans Memorial Music Camp program, which is for kids eight to eighteen to explore music uh, or learn about band instruments and and explore songwriting. So it's uh, it's it's quite the uh, kind of lineup for next summer, but that's not where we're stopping. We have a four-year plan funded primarily by the federal government to uh, get back to eight camps per summer uh, post-COVID. So it's uh, really excited about that. Our, our camping's not tent camping here. It's kind of uh, more, if you were to put it, glamping kind of hotel style. Oh, Kara, you don't get to um, sleep in a tent if you go. No? <laughs> you, you, you definitely can. We do allow for campers to bring yeah, tents if, if really, they so choose. If you choose to be in a, can- in a tent, that is fine. But right. most people... Have not. If they have but, the option. Uh, Some would. Right. And that's something that we would be more than happy to provide further details down the road as we get closer to camp dates in 2023. But as you said, let's get turn it over to Jessica to talk about what we're doing uh, right now and uh, what's currently going on as we speak. Yes. So Blind People in Charge is uh, the Pacific Training Center Division's um, program for uh, teaching blind people and deafblind people the skills that they need to live independently. So that includes uh, cane travel, like orientation and mobility. Um, It includes uh, 
you know, everything that goes with that, um, public transit and all, all those things. Um, it includes cooking and home management. It includes um, employment topics. It includes uh, assistive technology and Braille um, and all those types of things. Uh, so it, um, it started in 2014. Uh, it, it was offered in Victoria. Uh, most students went once a week, and it was great. There was a lot of learning that happened, um, but you know, it was it was building up to something else. It was always meant to be a program where people could come um, and 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 you know have somewhere to stay for you know nine to ten months and. Uh, take classes nine to five throughout the week uh, and learn these skills in an even more intensive way. And that was, you know, uh, I I read recently, the sp- I, I unfortunately wasn't there, but I read the speeches from the Breaking the Mold Convention and, and, um, and it, you know, even then this was kind of the plan, maybe not to be on Bowen, that was something that um, came up organically over time that we would have a program like this where students would come. Um, that was very much, um, you know, something that uh, Elizabeth and, and the rest of the team at the times, I, forgive me, I don't know who was all working there at the time, though I know there was, you know, there was there were people who, who should be named and, and who are not. But um, anyway, there was, um, that was very much the, the plan kind of from the beginning was to have this, um, welcome students here for months at a time and do this training so it's kind of amazing now that we are at that point um you know and and we have students here on on bowen island um you know they're arriving um we have we have eight in-person students this year um so yeah everything is just um kind of ramping up uh, we had some of our students who, for just various reasons this year, just a, being a weird year, um, were not able to come right at the beginning. So it's kind of an interesting um, process. So it's just kind of feels like it's ramping up now where we have all our students. and um, but, but we've already started classes, of course. Um, and yeah, it's... it's uh, we're about three weeks into it at, yeah, at the moment. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I just wanted to touch quickly on something that Jessica mentioned about the eight in-person students. Uh, there is some virtual classes also offered for Braille and technology. Correct. Um, that that are accessible to anyone in in Canada who. I'm uh, I'm not sure if we have any spaces currently though, but we we um if we do if we we do have a wait list though. So if anyone's interested in that, then um they can reach out to us. For sure, yeah. Uh, we also have a, a wait list for our in-person program. So mm-hmm. if anyone is interested, reach out and... We'll get you on the list. We'll get you on the list. Um, and, and we'll, I mean, it's it's not a super short list, but it's right. better to get Again, on as soon as it's possible. The, it's the whole thing that we say, Canada is so spread out. And this is the first really of its kind with the, the Pacific Training Center and now this 
the the Bowen Island coming into it as well, and it is so new here for Canada, but it's that's just it. It's going to be a wait, but I assume, as you said, you have eight students there currently that you're not taking anymore for this this season, I wouldn't think, but um, in person anyway, maybe, maybe for next year. Yeah, so the, the, the rollout plan is to uh, build it out gradually um, and keep increasing the student numbers. Our max capacity is at 38 uh, students per year, but uh, we have to build all the infrastructure to ensure quality right. is uh, is there as, as we kind of move forward. And, I, uh, I think it'll be 32 probably of the core and then six of another um, thing that we are currently working on details of. So it's... Um, Although we'll see, as things always evolve. We're always trying to figure out what the needs are. Um, so, absolutely, yeah. I mean, like we say, it's everybody comes to blindness from a different direction, and a lot of people who were born blind or went blind early in life, a lot of them go to schools for the blind. Not all of them. More nowadays, it's integration, uh, and that's the thing. You know, we need to have the, a place where we can all go and talk amongst ourselves about what it's like with people who understand and learn from each other but we all know that we all are a part of a wider society and so it's important to be able to get out there and and be involved in that but you have to learn certain skills if you you know to be as successful as you can and and uh i'm sure it's hard to harder to learn braille or learn how to use a cane over zoom and over you know virtually with the pandemic (laughs) yeah Yeah, we don't do cane travel classes over Zoom. We never yeah. found a way to Could make that. Could be a little risky. I, I, sure I would honestly caution anyone against trying that. It <laughs> uh, that actually, unless you're doing just very basic kind of indoor cane work, it sounds extremely dangerous. Well, I've heard. I know some people use like Be My Eyes, like that app, if they're if they're out and they need a quick help with something. But it's definitely not ideal to be doing it if you if you don't quite if you're not confident with the skills. You know, it's it's not ideal probably to be doing it virtually over a phone because you know it's no <laughs> doesn't sound the most leg safe. leg is a real thing and right. um, and not only leg but also kind of you only get what's in the camera view. It really um, it's it's fine if you want to read a street sign and you're in a pinch or something like right. that. But crossing a road is a whole other ball game. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, one thing that's really, really powerful about having it in person again, and this was true um, before the pandemic, and it's true now too, is all the students, you know, of course, working with the staff, but also talking amongst each other and helping each other out is a really powerful thing that just organically happens. I mean, it happens at camp, it happens at training too, of course. You know, everyone's there to learn. Um in this in the in the training program everyone's there because they want to learn so everyone you know kind of helps each other out and and i think that that touch circles back to where we were talking earlier about uh the blind leading the blind uh all of our uh, all of our administrative staff and, and and definitely our leadership staff and uh definitely a lot of our instructors, you know, we're all either blind or deaf blind. So it really is a very positive mentorship model for uh, blind Canadians and deaf blind Canadians to really be, be uh, empowered because they, they see us doing this every day and they, uh, like I, I myself end up doing a lot of operations and logistic work and, uh, and my colleagues do, you know, various different roles and, and they see us in these roles actually living our lives and it, is really kind of empowering to them 
to uh, be able to come and, and, and you know see that they too can can do that because it uh, it is uh, can be sometimes limiting uh, because people just tell you oh you can't do this you can't do that and to kind of change that narrative uh, through demonstration I think is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our guest last week we were talking a lot about that that needing to see others doing things that give you you know give you hope that you can do what you might want to do as well you having mentors having role models thing seeing things being modeled and and seeing that there are possibilities and and finding ways like a lot of us do in in blindness and deafblind communities of saying how what do you want to do and how can we figure out a way to make that happen for you instead of just telling you what you can't do or what you won't be able to do and what society's limiting expectations are because if you're not blind it seems very it can often seem very bleak the idea and and so these programs like you guys do they they really showcase what is possible and it gives people um, a, a brighter outlook as our show is called outlook but it gives everybody a brighter a brighter view of what's possible a brighter idea and and they can imagine in their heads and uh, it's just growing up we learn different skills from different places and to have a place you can go that you can learn all these things I mean I, I didn't realize until the last five or so years about programs like this that are pretty intensive and do last nine months, sort of on average. Uh, I've seen that sort of a standard. Uh, that's a lot, but I guess it's um, that's the best way to learn. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think of, for example, like French immersion in, in schools or something where it's like, you know, you can, have a, you can have a French class once a week or once a month or something, but to really learn something, you know, and when it comes down to these blindness skills that everyone's at a different level and people are stronger in one area than another, but to have such an immersed program for such a period of time really does just make it a daily thing that it, it really would stick and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, stay with you these skills instead of you know you have a week's break or two week break in between a mobility lesson or probably even longer in a lot of cases and then you come back and it's like what what did we learn last time so um and i just also want to just circle back again to how i'm I'm glad that you did mention that again alex how this is all being run what you're doing out there by people who are blind or deaf blind and i think touching back on what carrie said earlier about the cnib and how that's the organization that you know, pretty much anyone here in Canada has probably definitely heard of, I would think. But it's sort of had this whole thing as we all grew up, and I think we could all relate in this way to some degree about feeling like they're they say they're taking care of us when really, you know, you know, maybe when you're a kid at some point, but if you become adults and we're our own people and we're we're totally capable of taking care of ourselves and our kids, or you know, if we choose to to go that route, whatever it is, like we're totally capable ourselves. And to, to take the, you know, it's okay, I think, and personally, if, if there is a sighted person helping out as well, like, you know, it's, it's all about working together. But when it's primarily blind people and deafblind people leading these, these, these things, it really shows society that we're not being taken care of. We can take care of ourselves. We have the, the, the abilities in it. It just takes these opportunities to, to present themselves. And uh, I just think that's, that's all very important. Absolutely. And uh, I, I just wanted to talk much quickly on why our program is a month longer than what, uh, what Carrie referred to as a standard, and that's because we also do uh, work experience placements at the end uh, to help get kickstart people's employment journey as well. Uh, so we've added that on to what uh, many many of our colleagues in the industry have been doing around the world uh, with, with a kind of nine-month standard. So we uh, have built on top of that. Um, 
and helping people get down that journey. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on is, as you were saying about, oh, it's okay to have sighted, uh, sighted people helping out. Oh, absolutely. And, and our team has some very great sighted allies uh, on it as well. Uh, but they're not there to take care of us. Right. Like all of our staff stand alone in, in our own right uh, as staff. And they're, they're just members of the team like any other. Um, do a lot of tremendous work. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it really only works because it's a team effort of everybody uh, pulling together. And uh, it's, it's maybe kind of um, unusual um, to, have, to have a team like that, but it, it, it really is what makes it work. Without a without a good solid team and, and good team dynamic, it really does a, a thing like this could not be possible. Just the sheer amount of logistics that go into it, um, kind of behind the scenes alone, um, both in in the back office, but also just keeping a facility going. Yeah, we um, have a like we this have is, a really unique where we're at right now. A really unique agreement where we have to we're taking care of the facility as well. So. This is like, um, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's 11,000 11, square feet over close to two and a half acres, um, including including a uh, beachfront that the provincial government has set aside for the use of the blind and deafblind. So it uh, it's you know pre pretty special, but it, but it's also a lot to maintain, and we're happy doing it. But it's uh, again both this and the programming. It takes such a such a team effort to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And like I say, a lot of these organizations I've heard of over the years, it's so-and-so for the blind, of the blind, whatever it is. It's nice when you finally incorporate in, in the name uh, for Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deafblind to include deafblind in the name. It's not just of blind because people are blind, people are deafblind. And, you know, you, you need to have that included because otherwise people who are deafblind won't feel included and so it's very important that that's that's from the get-go it's in your name and that gives people the idea that everybody is is welcome yeah. and it's not just about blindness and uh sort of stop uh you know othering each other and and as you say so we're so spread out in canada to begin with let's let's not uh continue to let that happen no, exactly. Deafblind people have, have said for years, you know, they, they go to an organization of the blind and they're told, you need to go to the organization of the deaf for this. And then they go to the organization of the deaf and it's like, you know, you need to go to the blindness organization. <laughs> so they're constantly punted back and forth. And um, there's been members of the deafblind community who have been, been saying we need to recognize that as its own disability. So taking their lead, um, when we when we reincorporated, we... Uh, definitely took that into account and uh, wanted to make sure that that was included in in our structure from the get-go and that, that was recognized the latest change being that uh, we took the lead of some folks back east who are pushing for deafblind to be written with a capital D and a capital B uh, in a way to kind of make it stand out as its own disability and, and we've, we've gone ahead and done that as well to help support their goals with that. Yeah, and we do have a couple of deafblind staff currently. Um, we're always looking to grow in that area uh, and and learn more and incorporate more deafblind people into um, creating programming that, that they um, would like to see because I don't want it to be about, you know, 
now suddenly blind people making decisions for deafblind people. Right. You know, we need yeah. to not do that either. Yeah, so right. it's um, um, so definitely an area that I see um, a, a lot of growth opportunities, but not um, on our own, but rather with with um, with the deafblind people, you know, deafblind community taking a, a, a leading role in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we, we started building, in, even in our leadership segment, we started building on that. But uh, we recognize there's still a lot more to, to go. And um, we, we're committed to continuing to build down that route as well. So, yeah, this is all so amazing and just such what we really need in Canada. So I'm just, I just want to say again, like, thanks so much for everything that you do out West. This is, this is great. And we'd love to help out in future as much as we can. And that's why we really wanted to have you on Outlook today. And as, as there is so much to cover, we're almost out of time here today. There's just so much to talk about. Um, so thanks again. We've been speaking today with Jessica and Alex from the Canadian Organization of the Blind and Deaf Blind out in British Columbia on Bowen Island. And just to wrap up here, maybe what uh, what's on the agenda for today? I know you're just kind of starting out with the students there. Do you have any sort of plans for today or the week or maybe to end off on yeah. the show here today? What's sort of coming up? So this, there? this is a pretty reg- regular week. Uh, got our classes nine to five uh, throughout the week. And uh, it's just, as Jessica said, you know, things are just starting to get, get underway, you know, third week in. And uh, I guess we're on to the, just started the fourth week, but it uh, is really, we're, we're starting to see students get involved in the global community and we're supporting them in that. So I think this week will be a lot of that kind of starting to settle into a routine. And uh, going forward, we have a lot of exciting kind of extracurricular stuff that we'll be doing with the students as well. Um, as as the course course skills, so it's it, I, I'd say today's a pretty typical day. Five blocks of classes, uh, breakfast uh, would have would be uh, just wrapping up sometime around now. Uh, I don't have my clock in front of me. Um, definitely wanted to just focus on the interview and take right. it take it as it is. Yeah. But uh, by by twelve o'clock your time, nine o'clock our time, breakfast is wrapped uh, wrapped up and classes are getting underway. Um, and then, you know, we'll have three, three blocks of that and then lunch and then another two, two blocks of classes. Then students have about an hour. Um, and then we'll have, we'll have dinner and, um, students will be starting to cook their own dinner. Um, but right now as we, we start working them through, um, you know, basic cooking and that kind of stuff, we're, we're providing dinner service. So that's something that's on the menu for today. And uh, awesome. no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, definitely no pun intended. But uh, <laughs> speaking of things on the menu, I think it's uh, going to be some pretty good chicken tonight. So oh, Ooh, nice. nice. Love chicken. So thanks again, guys. And we will continue to do what we can to help out uh, from here on out. And we'll give updates where we can. Everybody, if you want to check out more yeah. or even donate to help what they're doing out there, you can go to cobd.ca and you can learn more. So thank you, Alex and Jessica, for joining us on Outlook today. Thank, thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having us. We're just a small part of a, a much larger team. So um, so thank you and, to everybody. And, <laughs> uh, and thank you guys for always having been supportive. So I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, have a good week. Yeah, have a great week with the you students too. and we'll talk to you soon. Talk soon. Thanks. Thanks. Send us an email, Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB. 
and on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.